uh, announcements this morning. First, just a reminder that our Bible study on Galatians will resume this Thursday. Even if you haven't come to the first two studies, feel free to, to drop in, um, and you will, not, you will not miss a beat. Uh, you'll also have noticed in your bulletin and in the newsletter that February 20th, we plan to have a game night here at the church in the Fellowship Hall. I uh, want to make sure you know that you are invited. Bring a game, bring cards, bring a snack. Don't bring a game. Just come out, hang out with us, spend time with us, uh, and, and we'll have some fun together that night. Are there other announcements for the congregation, other prayer requests that you would like to share? Yeah, Judy. Okay, can you say that again? Monica's having a knee replacement this week, Tuesday. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, Lisa. If there's nothing else to share, I'll invite you to take a moment to quiet your heart and quiet your mind as we listen to the prelude and prepare to worship. invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, 
to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Most holy God, the earth is filled with your glory, and before you, angels and saints, stand in awe. Enlarge our vision to see your power at work in the world, and by your grace, make us heralds of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him, each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the threshold shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people with unclean lips. Yet my eyes 
have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. The word of the Lord. We say responsibly Psalm 138. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. When I called, you answered me. You increased my strength within me. All the rulers of the earth will praise you, O Lord, when they have heard the words of your mouth. They will sing of the wars of the Lord, that great is the glory of the Lord. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you keep me safe. You stretch forth your hand against the fury of my enemies. Your right hand shall save me. A reading from 1 Corinthians. Now I remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaimed to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which you also are being saved. If you hold firmly to the message that I proclaimed to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed to you, as of first importance, what I in turn had received, that Christ died for your sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. 
but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. And when they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. Children, I invite you to come forward. Well, so our, our Gospel story is about some fishermen this morning. So I had the thought that I would bring in some bait that I had. So, unfortunately, I didn't have any live bait to bring for you. So this is they call like soft plastic bait. This is for like catching bass, right? So why do you think, why would a fish bite this stuff? Do you have any idea? It looks like food, right? The fish is hungry, yeah? So it sees this go right by its face. And what's the fish gonna do? going to bite it, right? And then it's going to bite the hook, and you're going to snag it and reel it in, right? Catch a fish. Um, yeah, in fact, this package even says, fish bite and won't let go, right? That's how good this bait is. Uh, what do you notice about the bait? What, is this, what does all of this look like? Any ideas? Like this? Any, what are some of the characteristics? Is it all sparkly? Did you notice that? It's all kind of sparkly. 
It's all kind of colorful, right, to catch the attention of the fish. Um, it all has a certain smell, too. Do you want to smell it? <laughs> no? Silas will smell it. What, do you, what does it smell like? Yeah, it's kind of a unique smell, huh? Do you want to smell it? What do you think it smells like? I don't know either. I don't know. Fish like that smell, though, right? You, you girls don't want to smell it? <laughs> All right. That's fine. It's not bad. It's just it's fishy. Um, yeah, but the fish see it, right? Like, the fish see this little guy, and they're attracted, and they're hungry, and they bite it. And as the package here says, they don't let go. They want it. All right, well, I'm reminded here in our reading of God's grace, right? That God's grace, that the gospel, should be such good news to us, but we should be so spiritually hungry that we bite it and that we don't let go. That's actually what we see in our gospel reading. Jesus comes onto Peter's boat. He gives Peter some orders, and then they have this miraculous catch of fish, and Peter sees it. And he knows that God is in the boat with him, right? He knows that Jesus is not just any other person, but Jesus has to be the Son of God. And he falls at his knees and says, Lord, go away from me. I'm a sinner. But that's not how the story ends. The story ends and Jesus says, Peter, I'm giving you a job. And what does Peter do? He leaves everything. He leaves his boat. He leaves the fish. He leaves his relatives. He leaves everybody. And he follows Jesus. He leaves it all behind. Right? Like a fish that bites onto this and won't let go. It seems like Simon latches onto Jesus and he won't let go. Why? Because Jesus has good news. Right? That a sinner like Peter can be forgiven. A sinner like Peter can be given a job in the church. A sinner like Peter can be made somebody in the kingdom of God. And Peter knows that and he holds on to Christ and he's not going to let go. He leaves it all behind. So it is with us. When we hear the good news that your sins are forgiven, when God loves you, be like that fish and bite down and hold on. Don't let go of that news because that's the best news you will ever hear in this lifetime. Right? That you're forgiven in God's eyes. God loves you. God's never going to leave you. That's the best news we have. Let's pray. Lord, help us to hear the good news and to follow you. Amen. You have a choice. You can take like a worm or candy, whatever. <laughs> In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All three of our readings this morning speak of encounters with God. First we have Isaiah, who is brought into a special vision of God's presence. And then in Corinthians we hear from St. Paul, who recounts that Christ appeared to him. And then finally in our gospel we have Peter, who for the first time is struck with the reality of who Jesus really is. In all of these stories, God is the one who takes the initiative to make himself known. 
That's what really strikes me. Right? None of these people were out searching. They weren't doing some spiritual self-help program. Right? They were on their way, living their normal life, and God makes himself known to them. God reveals himself to each of these people apart from anything special that they do. Well, that's the theology we want to take away from our scriptures this morning. Right? That God always comes to his people first. And then his people are made new by his grace. God comes to his people first. Consider the story of Abraham. Right? Abraham, in Genesis 12, was doing nothing special. But out of the blue, God comes to Abraham and tells him to leave his father's country and to go to a promised land that God was going to show him. Or consider Moses in Exodus. Moses was doing nothing. He was attending sheep, doing nothing special. But then the Lord appeared to him in the burning bush and gave him a new identity, gave him a new job. Last week we read from Jeremiah, who's called by God, though Jeremiah is just a young man. Isaiah, in our Old Testament reading, is called by God out of the blue. And even though Isaiah says, hey, I'm a sinner, don't call me, God comes to him first. St. Paul sees Christ on the road to Dis- on Damascus as he goes to persecute Christians. God's grace, God revealing himself to us, it's almost like an invasion. It's a surprise attack on us when we're living comfortably in the world. And in his grace, God wakes us up and reveals to us what is good and what is true. And so when we look carefully at our gospel text, we see that Christ invades Peter's life. So in verse 2 of our story, Jesus sees some fishermen's boats sitting there on the shore, and he gets into one into the one belonging to Peter. He then begins to tell Peter what to do with his boat. First, put it out into the shallow water as he teaches the crowds, and then a little later, go out into the deep. But notice how presumptuous that must have seemed to Peter. Jesus gets into his boat, begins giving him orders about his own boat. You have to wonder what's going through Peter's mind. All right, this boat was his livelihood. It was crucial to his business. He was the expert fisherman here. And now a teacher who's the son of a carpenter begins getting into his boat and telling him what to do. And not only that, this was after Peter had been working all night long. He was definitely tired. It had been a poor night of fishing. They hadn't caught anything. He was ready to get the nets cleaned and put away, to go home, go to bed, go to sleep. But Jesus gets in his boat and says, No, Peter, you're not done yet. And Christ reveals who he is to Peter through that miraculous catch of fish. And Christ is showing himself to Peter. He's saying, I am the Lord. I am the Lord of over all creation. Right? I can bring fish out of the water where only a few hours before there were no fish. And not just a few fish. So many fish that the boats began to sink, the nets began to break. You know, these weren't small little canoes. These were sizable fishing vessels, and they're being sunk by the weight of the fish. Peter knew that Jesus had to be more than just a teacher. Peter knew that Jesus had to be more than just a carpenter's son. In fact, notice the shift in Peter's language in the story. He goes from calling him master, which in the Greek is a kind of respectful way to 
talk to one who's above you, to calling him Lord, right? That is God. Peter knows that this is more than just a teacher. No, he knows that he is now standing in the presence of the divine. Peter, like Isaiah, knows he's encountering God. And in that encounter, Peter becomes completely aware of how inadequate he is, how unworthy he is, how sinful he is. But like Peter, if we take the time to examine ourselves when we are in the presence of the Holy God, I think we come to the same conclusion. Right, that we're not worthy to stand in the presence of God. We ourselves are sinners. How can we do that? But the great truth of the gospel is that when we become aware of our sinfulness, it means that God has already invaded our life with grace. So some people imagine that, the, that Christian salvation is something like a transaction. Right? That you come to feel sorry for your sins, and so you ask God for forgiveness, and then God gives you grace in return for that. But that's not what happens. Instead, God has already shown you his grace, and that's why you're aware of your sins. Apart from God's grace, no one really knows their sinfulness. Right? Peter does not know his sinfulness apart from the Lord standing in front of him. It's when Isaiah is encountered by God, that's when he realizes just how unclean he is. Right? And so apart from God's grace, no one really knows just how sinful they are. Rather, people apart from God's grace live blindly, deluded by their sin. They follow along the worldly path. Think of the hymn we all know and love. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Blind, but now I see. Well, in that song, we see it's a gift of God that the wretch understands himself to be a wretch. It's grace coming to you when you understand just how sinful you are. That's a result of encountering God. That's a result of God's grace. We think of the life of John Newton, the composer of Amazing Grace, and it speaks to that. You may have heard this story before, but Newton was a rockish young man. He joined the Navy at a young age. He faced severe discipline for all the insubordination that he was getting in trouble with. And so eventually he convinces his superiors to let him work on a slave ship. Right? And that's a job no one wanted. No one with integrity wanted to work on a slave ship. But he had been reading a little devotional book at some point in his life called The Imitation of Christ. And during a storm on the slave ship, he realized just how imperiled his soul was. And he realized that he was not following God at all. Right, and so he begins to understand himself as a true wretch. And so in understanding himself as a true wretch, he began to rely on God and to trust God to spare his life. He went on, of course, to become a great pastor, a hymn writer, and an abolitionist speaking against slavery. Right, but it's this recognition of being a wretch. That's the first sign that God has given you his grace. Because without this recognition the gospel will never be good news to you. Without the recognition that you are a sinner in need of a new life, Christ is just another teacher. Without your conscience ever being troubled, then coming to the sacrament of communion is just a ritual, it's empty. You will never know how much you need God 
unless you know just truly how needy you are. And when you know that you are needy, when you know that you really are a sinner, when you know the fact that Christ has come for a sinner like you, then you know the gospel. In our gospel, Peter and the others, they leave their boats behind. They leave the miraculous catch of fish behind. They leave all those prophets, all of that money, their whole livelihood, because they have something more valuable. They have the one who awakens them to their true reality as sinners in need of a gracious God. But more than that, they now have the one who can forgive them. They have the one who can give them life. They have the one who gives them an identity outside of being a sinner. They have the one who gives them the grace to hear the good news that God has not forgotten them. And so when you come to Holy Communion this morning, come like St. Peter. Right? Recognize that there's good news for you, a sinner. There's good news that Christ has come for you. And if you know that you're a sinner, then the beginning of the good news is that God has made you aware of it. God has invaded your life. And so trust that he also has forgiven you. Rely on him. He has given you life. He has given you a new identity. He has given you forgiveness. So hear that message. In Christ Jesus today, you, a sinner, are truly forgiven. Amen.
Together, let us stand and confess our faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord God of hosts, build up your church and manifest your spirit among us with wisdom and knowledge. Let our words be measured and intelligible to our fellow Christians and to those outside your church, that we may utter our amens in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Sustain those called to be fishers of men in Christ's church, that they would not be discouraged when they toil all night and take nothing, but continue to let down their nets at his word, according to that calling. Lord, in your mercy. Grant wisdom and guide all those who serve your people with vocations of civil authority, especially Joseph, our president, Richard Michael, our governor. Let all in authority over us work for justice and peace so that we may live freely and peaceably. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all Christian homes that your word would be sown and produce much fruit. Lord, in your mercy. Give us faith to let down the nets of your word in our daily vocations and trust your son to do his gracious work through poor sinners like us. Lord, in your mercy. O God, be not far from us. As you have worked deeds of salvation in Christ, so make haste to help us now in every trouble. Give healing to the sick, strength to the weak, and comfort the afflicted, especially Bob, Steve, Mike, June, Nancy, Marcy, Donald, Greg, Alan, Ray, Marilyn, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Jane, Steve, and Monica. Do not forsake us, nor the generations to come, and look to all of those in need. Lord, in your mercy. Send from your altar, O Lord, the body and blood of Christ, 
cleanse us and our lips by this blessed sacrament, delivering the atonement Christ has won for us, that we may be worthy to stand before you now and at the last day. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, never depart from us. Though we are unworthy of you and your bounty, you are pleased to receive our meager thanks and reluctant obedience for the sake of Christ's perfect obedience. Let your word rule us and your spirit revive us to leave behind pride and anxiety that we may follow you in all we do. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way that all may know your care and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is, right to give our and 
It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, mighty, and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Go in peace. Serve the Lord.